Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn to document their family histories and celebrate their new discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny. And we're here to help you discover your family tree from the beginning. Episode 65. Today, we're going to be talking about doppelgangers, for lack of a better genealogical word. Don't we all have a doppelganger We do all have a doppelganger, and that's usually someone who looks like somebody else, right? I don't think that's what you're talking about today. No, (laughs) Um, but, you know, you you could use the word homonym, you know, the Mm -hmm. same word, Mm -hmm. spelled the same with different meanings, but we don't really have a good genealogical word for two people with the same name, often with other characteristics, like same birth date, Mm -hmm. same location, same Mm -hmm. parents' names. and we don't have a genealogical word for that. So today I'm just going to use doppelganger. I, you got a problem I like with that? It. I, okay. think it, I think it works. Okay. All right. But you want to talk about wine first? Yeah. Always? Always? So I've been on a um, Sauvignon Blanc kick for a while. New, yeah. Ze- New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, love that little pucker that you get um, with the Sauvignon Blanc. So um, one of the ones that I've been um, drinking is, recently is the uh, Kono. It is um, from uh, Marlborough, New Zealand, and it's got that lip smack in like I like. It's a little tart, <laughs> but it's perfectly refreshing. And, you know, it's getting a little hot here in Florida already, so you want something that's light and refreshing, and this is it. It's got that, that key lime that we like here in Florida, um, ruby grapefruit, little green apple, Sounds delicious. It is. I, it's funny because it is getting hot here in Florida. And I said, usually in the summer is when we start busting out the rosé. And I like the Vino Verde for the summer. Oh, yeah. You know, We're going to have later. to do a rosé coming up. Yeah, and another one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. Yeah. All right. So definitely the Kono is, is a good good Sauvignon Blanc to yeah. try. So. Do Tell us about your doppelganger. Well, so doppelgangers, um, you know, we run into them all the time when we're doing our research, and sometimes it's just very easy to just go, oh, same location, birth date's the same, same name, that's got to be my guy or my gal. And, you know, if we know that if we have a, a Smith in our family that we're going to have to be a little bit more careful about, you know, I've got a John Smith in my family, and so we just have to be a little bit more careful about um, looking at each record. But when you have more specific names, names that you think aren't as ordinary, you could get a little lax in your analysis of the records. That's very true. So, and you see that all the time in people's trees on Ancestry. Mm, you will be following mm-hmm, some trail mm-hmm, and it's like... Yep. Not even the right person. Correct. Right. Yeah. I mean, I do a lot of Polish-American research, and there's always a Polish-American family in Chicago, there's one in Cleveland, and there's one along the eastern seaboard in one of the port cities, and they all have the same names, they all have the same family mm-hmm. names, you know, and mm-hmm. so you're always constantly running, you know, okay, I've got to weed that one out, right. I've got to weed that right. one out. So I know I've run into that with my grandfather, um, Millard Stevens, and um, another Millard Stevens one county mm-hmm. away, mm-hmm. same same yep. birthday. Yep. It's like, you've got to be kidding. Yep. How are two? No. Right. Stop it. Not related. I know. 
So yeah, I thought my, you know, the first one that came to my mind was uh, my late husband's grandfather, Siebert Lay. I think that's a pretty unique name. Siebert Lay. Yeah. Um, he was born in Kentucky in January of 1917. And yet there is at least one other Siebert Lay who was born in January. He was born in 1915. But if you're looking at a census record that doesn't have a birth date, it's, you know, yes, they could both, that could be the same person. Um, and he was born in Missouri. The second one was born in Missouri. So there's those states that are right next to each other, you know. So I was mm. very surprised to find. And they're not related as far as I can tell. Mm. So, yeah, that was an interesting one. More interesting, though, recently I was looking for a man by the name of Armando Martin, who was born in Florence, Italy. September 18th, 1894. And I have an Italian document that states his Italian parents' names. And I was trying to find out if he came to the United States and if he did, when he came in. We thought maybe he came in or in the, in the um, 1920s. Well, in my search, in my research, I found a man ca- called Armand Martin, who was born September 18th, 1894. <laughs> exact same name exact same birth date but this other person this other man was born in canada to completely different parents i have birth records for both men different nationalities different parents exact same name exact same day of birth weird right yes weird yes so but then this is my favorite so far that i've run across um charles gottlieb Sporer the third. Okay. Seriously, should only be one, right? There should only be one, yeah. right? Well, actually, there should be three because he had obviously a father oh, by the same true. name <laughs> and <laughs> grandfather. <laughs> totally didn't even hear you say that. So he yeah. is the third. <laughs> but okay, only one with this birthday. With the third. Only one. Yes, there should only be one. Charles Gottlieb Sporer the, the third. The third, mm-hmm. born on his day. Well, so there was actually two. Of course. There's one um, born in June of 1946 in California, and the other one born in August of 1946. So they were born two months apart. Two months apart, but the other one was born in, in Maryland. So, Which one was your guy? Um... Well, the one that I was looking for, I think, was the one that was born in Maryland. Okay. And I ended up tracing down the one that's in California. But one of them was in a military family. And so it was feasible that they moved around because sure. one was in the military. So, um, But how specific can that be? As far as I can tell, going back three or four generations, they're not related at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. They just have the exact same name. That's crazy. Yeah. That one, that one took a while. That one really um, took a while to figure out that there were actually two. Um, because I think one of them, there weren't a lot of records that we could could find or have access to. So, um, And then there's my, um, so I guess the point of this is, you know, you just kind of go, oh, yeah, he's the third, you know, first, middle, last name. They're all the same. That's got to be my guy. Again, making assumptions mm-hmm. and not really analyzing the records. And I ran into this with um, my um, ancestor, Andrew Jackson Holcomb. Now, there's a lot of Andrew Jackson Holcombs throughout the United States. It's not that uncommon of name. Um, but so you were expecting I multiple was, but people yes, that same name. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and my guy was born in 1834 in Ohio, and he died in 1902 in Grand Rapids, Kent County, Michigan. 
was my, se- my second great-grandfather. And he moved from Ohio to Michigan sometime between 1850 and 1858 because he got married to my second great-grandmother, the Smith, um, in Ionia County, Michigan. Unfortunately, I cannot locate them in the 1860 census in Ionia County, but I know he was, they were there because he, um, he, um, his draft record for the Civil War is in Ionia County. And I think eventually he was drafted. I don't think he volunteered for anything on that. And he was kind of like, um, I don't know. Um, he moved around a lot within central Michigan throughout his adult life. He married four times. And so I'm kind of constantly having to track him around central and western Michigan. And unfortunately, um, and by 1870, um, his wife, my ancestress grandmother, um, is living with another man, mm-hmm. and the his um, Andrew Jackson's children are unfortunately erroneously enumerated with the other man's surname. Oh my goodness! Okay. So that made it difficult, and <clears throat> divorces were not recorded in Michigan until 1892. So if they were legally divorced in some way, I have no, no record. There's no record of that. Um, I know that in 1870, Andrew Jackson's also living with he's living with another woman, with whom he had a child um, the following year. And um, so, and then he went on to marry, I guess, at least two other times that I've been able to locate. Oh, yep. He even, he married um, an older woman, widow, and then she died while they were still married. So, um, I think it was probably advantageous for him on that. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> so, getting around. But there's also another Andrew Jackson Holcomb in Central Michigan, born at the same age, right? And so you know, I'm trying to find newspaper articles. You know, I'm really trying to find him, and you know, he's missing in a census, and um, I keep running into this other guy. So I'm like, okay, how can I separate these two guys out? And luckily for me, um, the other guy. He pretty much stayed at Eaton County. He married the same woman. I think he was married the, the whole time. And so if I find and run anything across the Andrew Jackson Holcomb from Eaton County, I know that's not my guy. But the other guy who's running all over the place probably is my guy. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. um, <clears throat> that's very, it, that really makes it difficult. Especially with your ancestor being married so many times to make right. sure that's the right guy. And it wasn't the other guy that got remarried. Right. But if you've got him in a steady spot. Right. And that's where you really have to run. So not only am I trying to run down my um, ancestor and find out all of the documentation that I can and make sure that it's the right person, I also basically end up having to do the genealogy for the other Other guy guy. to, you know, yes, he's here in the census in 50, 60, 70, you know, and really blow up his family and and to find out who his neighbors are who his friends are who his children are and compare them to my ancestor right. here's where you need that timeline mm-hmm. we did a podcast on mm-hmm. timelines once you lay it out so you can right. see and then that makes it a little easier at least for me because i'm a, definitely a visual mm-hmm. um person my prestons that you will hear all about from many episodes um <laughs> I have to do giant timelines. I'm yes. looking at four sons and a potential father and where is everybody every year or every ten years or every five years to see yes. if it all matches yes. up. Oh, that yeah. helped me on another one that just reminded me of um 
Israel Canon in Kentucky. And I thought, oh gosh, this is great. I've got the link, I've got the paperwork. And then when I did the timeline, I realized that I think it was a marriage bond that he had um, been a surety on a marriage bond. And according to my timeline, my guy would, could not have been old enough to have signed the marriage bond. He wasn't 21 yet. Ooh. So I was like, oh man, yeah, wrong guy. Okay. So again, yeah, you've got to really analyze that, that data, and then the timelines really do help. You're right. Yeah, for sure. To um, separate those out. So we just always have to continue to analyze the evidence and perform that exhaustive research, and then use that fan club, the friends, the family, the associates, and the neighbors to determine, you know, is this person does this person fit into my family or is this person have completely different fan club mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with, with um, the other people that I know do exist in my ancestors' life? You know, I find that term exhaustive research. Exhausting? <laughs> it's exhausting, but I don't think it's ever done. I don't. There's always going to be something else that pops up somewhere that you didn't true. think of or this is, this just is true. came to light. This or... is true. However, I think you can... In analyzing your documents, you're always looking for those pieces of evidence that um, that don't fit. If everything is fitting, if everything is confirming what the other information says, then I think you're you know you're definitely on the right track. It's when you have conflicting evidence, particularly yes. that you really you know you've got you to need keep those other you've things. got to keep going and got to keep going. Yeah. Um, and then you know whenever you're in a certain location or you're looking for. Um, an ancillary line you can always be looking for other people who are yeah in that in that location too yeah, but yeah absolutely. it's the conf- the conflicting um evidence that or information that you really have to be um you know but there's and then there, for. I, I just always think of things that are going to surface later you know like we uh-huh. talked in our last podcast mm-hmm. about the, all those images that are, that are constantly being digitized and you know, I think of my great-grandparents' marriage record out of the blue after I've already submitted all the paperwork, proved their, with multiple things, proved their marriage date without having an actual mm-hmm. wedding. Years later, I've a document comes to light. Right. They got married in Canada yeah. in a different year. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, okay, great. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Yep>. Okay. <laughs> So, yes, so we are always searching for more evidence Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, our conclusions are our conclusions at the moment based on the evidence and the information that we have available at the time. But those conclusions can always be um, um, altered. Yeah. Yeah. Revised with new data and new information. So, and when you do find a new new piece of evidence or a new piece of information, you need to pull out all of your documents and reread through everything because yes. something can mean something completely different. Absolutely. In light of the new information that you have. So, yeah. anyway, Absolutely. be very careful when you find those doppelgangers and uh, really do some thorough analysis. Yes. So, happy hunting, everyone. All right. So, until, until next, next time, time. Cheers. cheers. Thank you for listening. Please email us with any questions or comments at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, for additional resources, books, and wines. Don't forget to drink responsibly. And never drink around genealogical documents.